Thaddeus Ellenberg presents Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. A dish best served cold and with a basket of fries. It was 25 years ago this month that the now-famous November 1992 issue of Restaurant Tour magazine published with much regret the dissolve of the legendary and long-running business partnership of Irwin and Stan Flynn. The respected brothers were co-founders of the cherished Northern California drive-in Flynn's, which received national prestige when it was first included on Hoffman's list of the top 10 burger joints in the country. Its fame grew exponentially in 1972 when it served as the central hangout and filming location for the classic coming-of-age summer comedy Out of School and Horny, written and directed by American Fancy alumnus Calvin Ruckus. After disbanding, Irwin continued the Flynn family tradition at its popular location, 800 College Avenue in Santa Rosa, while his younger brother, Stan, opened his own drive-in restaurant across the street taking with him an ample portion of the newly named Original Flynn's clientele. In honor of the anniversary of what famed food journalist Janet Bell called the day curbside died, Restaurant Tour magazine has published the following previously undisclosed series of correspondences between the two brothers in the wake of their fabled separation. Dear Irwin, I felt I should take a moment and pen you a letter given the events of the last several months. I want you to know that my decision to open Stanley's was purely out of a need to challenge myself and was in no way a reflection on the business or our relationship. I have nothing but love for you. You are my older brother and you have always been there for me. When Pop was sick and wanted to take that cruise and all my money was tied up in the new condo, it was you that showed me those affordable packages. When Marie was leaving and trying to take Colin away, it was you that remained stoic with a display of staunch impartiality by serving as Marie's character witness, a fairness unpossessed by most men. And it was you that fed Maxine and the goldfish last August during my stay at the clinic, even though most of the fish lost the majority of their scales and Maxine now growls at me when I cry. I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for your guidance and devotion throughout these many years. I owe every bit of my past and future successes to you. You are my brother, my mentor, and my best friend. And I will always love you and hold you in the highest regard. Always, Stan. Dear Stan, your letter brought me to tears. You truly are a wonderful human being filled with nothing but good. Your concern for others, be it family or strangers off the street, is one of your most remarkable and admirable qualities. I am honored and humbled to be your brother. And as your brother and former partner, it has been a privilege to watch you grow into the smart, business-savvy man you've become over these many, yet very short years. Honestly, I'd be lying if I said you hadn't taught me a few tricks here and there. You've always shown potential and unwavering self-discipline, even at a young age. You would have been fine without me. If anything, I've only hindered you in some way or another up to this point, and for that I apologize. 
So now let us sever the proverbial ties that have bound you to my old and outdated ways and allow your young wings to spread and soar you to new heights. I have all the faith in the world in you, and I trust your new venture will flourish for years to come. Should you ever need me, though, you know just where to find me. With love, respect, and admiration, Irwin. Dear Irwin, your faith in me means the world. My entire life I've sought your approval, and now that I've secured it, I feel a newfound sense of confidence. A confidence I will use to undoubtedly make you proud and at the same time breathe new life into the family name. After all, we both know it's gotten a little stale and, dare I say, pompous over the last ten or so years. What with the changes in vendor quality and cutbacks because of the new highway and all those fast food and drive through places going up and the mounting bills and pressure to sell a few more onion rings. Not that I didn't have a blast with you in the back office night after night rolling pennies for payroll. Those were swell times. Stanley's is my opportunity to bring the joy and excitement back into the whole curbside experience. Like the kind of time mom and dad had. Like then, this is a new era. Nobody wants a semi-thawed cardboard patty covered in some kind of yellow cheese. People want gourmet burgers these days. You know, artisanal. Piled high with healthy and humane-sounding ingredients. Like brioche and rugula. Kale. They don't always have to know what they are. As long as they're unconventional. We'll add these little charming narratives to the bottom of our new energy-efficient solar menus telling our customers where their ingredients came from. Whether it's a real place or not, doesn't matter, and that's the important thing. Because we'll cram the copy with words like pasture-raised, local, and in-house. Old Brook Farms. Sounds like a real place, doesn't it? And we'll stay away from names like Big Papa and Heart Attack while drastically limiting the number of burgers with the word the in front of it. It's always been my dream to sell a burger so choice and so premium that its mere existence creates an entirely new standard on which all subsequent burgers are judged. I'm just so thankful that when this dream becomes a reality next month with our grand opening, I'll have a permanent friend just a stone's throw away. Well, that is, if rent over there doesn't continue to climb and you're able to turn a profit with your trays of grease. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, brother. It's fun to wake up in the middle of the night and feel like your stomach's turned into a nuclear waste facility. Did you get the edible arrangement I sent over? Faithfully, Stan. P.S. Really, it would mean a lot to me to have you at the store for the opening. Side by side. Like old times. This is as much yours as it is mine. That being said, we're expecting a pretty promising turnout, so I was hoping we could use your lot for overflow. Thanks, bruh. Baby brother. Your last letter found me in high humor. Your spirit amuses me. I applaud your vision. A new standard for burgers. That's quite an undertaking. An Everest of a bar, really. Honestly, I hate to be the seasoned veteran here with a long-winded spew of discouragement peppered with harsh reality checks aimed at crushing your spirit and knocking over the first domino in a series of personal failures which ultimately causes you to question not only your overall perspective but every natural and seemingly insightful inkling you've ever known. But if you think you're setting that bar with fancy la-di-da language, you've got a big surprise coming to you. Beef cheese, onions, lettuce, and tomato. 
These are the words that resonate with the public. Words they can rely on. Makes them feel all warm inside. Makes them feel American. Kale, my boy, is the transient, drug-addicted stepchild of lettuce and tomato. Shit's mean. Goes down fighting. If it goes down at all. A topping of the times, believe me. You don't think I experimented a little? Oh, I, I love bacon. With my eggs. Then again, don't let me tell you how to run your solar-powered money pit. What are you guys building over there, a burger joint or a spaceship? I hear Martians love all that icky green stuff. I'm just coming from 30 years of experience, that's all. 30 years comprised of over 300 newspaper and magazine articles, including countless features. One of which, as you know, food critic and diabetes advocate Chuck Harlow called me, not you, the Burger King of California. Remember that sting? A dozen TV interviews, three documentaries, two class action suits, and one settlement. 30 years of leadership in the front of house and behind. Actual leadership. 30 years of tough decisions and dirty work. Tell me, brother, who was it that convinced mom and pop to take an extra day or two a week away from the restaurant? And who convinced pop to step down entirely after mom died so their sons could take over? even though it was all he had to occupy his time. And who put him in a nursing home when he got that smell and made that unmistakable transition old people make where they have more things in their freezer than their fridge? Face it, brother. You rode coattails. So sure, go right ahead. Use my lot if you feel so inclined. After all, we're family. Oh, and as for that big, beautiful, edible arrangement you sent over, the fruit one with Stanley's t-shirts... What a lovely gesture. You shouldn't have. Unfortunately, it seems someone placed it behind the back wheel of my car, and I backed right over it. Confused, I put the car into drive and drove over it again. Still dazed, I backed over it several more times before inexplicably spinning my tires on it. Probably the handiwork of some hood. I scooped up the pulpy remains with a shovel and returned it to the front step of your establishment in hopes of claiming a new one. And if for some bizarre reason it smells of urine, it's most likely from the stray dogs I've noticed hanging around your store after hours. It must be after that rancid funk you deem revolutionary. It smells like sour milk and veggie toots enjoying a quick 15 in the sauna. Fondly, Irwin. Brother, I was very upset to read of the fate of the edible arrangement. It had starfruit. No worries, big bro. I remedied the situation yesterday by sending over a dozen more. Needless to say, I was shocked to hear that someone had replaced the arrangement's contents with a collection of fully developed hornet's nests. That's awful. The scene from across the street is clearly one of chaos and panic. I just pray everyone's okay. Probably the work of the same hood, or one with an identical last name. It makes me wonder how safe the neighborhood really is these days. Well, on your side of the street, anyway. What with the promise of future transgressions. Not to mention the cost of fumigation. Or maybe you should just pick up a bottle of spray. If I were you, I'd cut my losses and get out while I still had air in my tires. That being said, I noticed a tow truck in your parking lot. Did that same jolly-seeking miscreant slash the tires of your car? What a terrible shame. The good news is you won't accidentally be backing over any more edible arrangements. With love, Stan. Dear Mistaken Afterbirth, 
I must apologize for missing your big opening over there at Loose Stools. You see, I spent the last week at First Grace Hospital where I was being treated for an alarming number of hornet stings. My early treatment consisted of a number of painful adrenaline injections which made their way into my already weakened muscles. The venom had coursed its way through my body like a raging river. Much like the river I took you rafting on for your 16th birthday. Oh no, that's right, you didn't go because you were too scared. Instead, you stayed home with mom and canned peaches. I tell you, you would have been more of a man had just scraped off some of that peach fuzz and glued it to your sack. If only you had one. You ever imagine your wife with that guy she left you for? If I were you, I certainly wouldn't think of that. I, I wouldn't think of them staring into each other's eyes as he enters her and the elation that fills her body. Don't imagine that. That's probably really painful. Their smiles and her telling him how amazing he feels before they build in intensity and defile each other's every orifice. I can't imagine how dwelling on those minor yet devastating details would be too constructive. But seriously, whatever you do, don't think of her begging for him and pulling him in deep as he finishes. That's not helping anybody. Them both wearing a look of afterglow? You don't need that right now. Enjoy your new business and don't let the images of a strange man that probably knew your wife better than you being inside her and her wanting every drop. And that's the important part, her wanting every drop. Don't fixate on that aspect. Don't let it loop over and over in your head until it ruins you. Don't go back to that place, brother. Don't dig yourself into another depression thinking about their new family and that guy tucking in your son. Focus on your funny, French-sounding condiments. Focus on how the hell you're going to make that work. Don't think about the happiness your once family is feeling now that you're gone. Respectfully, Irwin. Mr. Flynn. How's Julio? Have you promoted him from dishwasher yet? You know, the three of us should really get together soon for a drink. I always liked Julio. Such a hard worker. And loyal. Boy, is that kid loyal. He'd do just about anything for you. I give you a social security number to open an account for the restaurant's outstanding utility bills. Oh, that's right. He didn't do that. You did. Now, one has to imagine that there's a criminal investigation division somewhere out there that would love to get their hands on that little nugget. Not to mention the California Department of Revenue regarding that three-year period when our credit card machine was down and we were cash only. You can't see, but I'm winking. Perhaps I should draft them a letter and give them the inside skinny on original Flens. Honestly, I've been laboring on this notion for some time now. Took it to the park, walked it around the duck pond. I mean, no business can be expected to run successfully with something like that hanging over its head. And then I asked myself, what kind of brother would I be if I didn't help the man who gave me everything? So I went ahead and wrote those lovely people of the appropriate authorities an anonymous letter. I also attached a list of building violations and hazards I know haven't been dealt with for years. Electrical, plumbing, fire, stuff like that. Not that it really matters. I mean, the store will be gone and you'll be in jail. I know you'd do the same for me, brother. Oh, and while I'm helping, remember to cut with the vein, not across. See you in hell, the cuter son. P.S. I get off to those thoughts of my ex-wife. Lesson. You can't break something that's already broken. Enjoy the fall. Dearest Stan, 
By the time you read this letter, I'll be beachside, burying my face in the big beautiful breasts of an exotic woman who will undoubtedly mistake my American accent for a decent human being. Really, I owe it all to you. What can I say? You liberated me. Sure, at the time, maybe I would have appreciated more of a heads up. You know, let me get my shit together. But this way worked out. Stopped and got me a whole new wardrobe. A bunch of silk and linen and, you know, made sure they were a couple sizes too big so folks know I'm easygoing and ready to make a fool of myself talking to people 20 years younger than me because I'm clinging to the belief that age is irrelevant in the presence of drugs. Even took in a haircut and a shave. I'm a blonde now. I tell you, really, this whole thing is long overdue. I just needed to pack it in, as they say, liquidate as many assets as possible in a frantic afternoon, and just move on. There's no time like the present, am I right? You know, it just occurred to me, you haven't been giving yourself enough credit in all this. Sure, I'll admit it, I took a few shortcuts with the restaurant and the identities of our employees. Big Brother was doing what needed to be done. That was the role I took on. But somehow, in all this back and forth, we've failed to touch on your contributions, which we both know far surpass my efforts. Big Brother may have gotten his hands dirty, but what does Little Brother have on his? Interesting question. I'm reminded of years ago, right after Pop left, Jared's Mega Burger had just gone in, and we had lost our roller skating license after Becky faceplanted into the side of that conversion van. We were broke, and I remember an evening when I was in back cooking more than just burgers, and Sal Panzani came into the store. I seem to recall a deal you made with him involving a hefty loan you took out without my knowledge and the trouble you had paying it back. I remember the threats he made and the urgency to get to him before he got to you. But most importantly, I remember your fascinating story months later, involving a shovel and a hole in the cellar of our family establishment. That restaurant's sitting on more than just a mountain of debt. Must have been a lot to carry around. No wonder Marie split. Oh, I'm sorry, remember, it was her lover that did the splitting. And since you helped broaden my horizons, I'd like to return the favor. That's why I drafted a little letter of my own to the Santa Rosa Sheriff's Department. They got this new DNA testing thing. You read about this? They can match up literally anything. Anyway, you're about to be a lot more familiar with it than me, that's for sure. With love and kisses from paradise, Irwin. Hey, brother. It's been a while. Listen, I know a lot's gone down since we last wrote. Hey, can you believe the stuff they're saying about us in the papers? There's no call for that kind of slander. Said they picked you up at a Texas beach resort, coked out of your gourd and rubbing yourself against the furniture in the lobby. <laughs> Some fall, huh? Sounds like your trial went pretty smoothly, though. Five years for 11 counts of fraud and identity theft? Not bad. That half a million in damages might hurt. I wouldn't worry about it. I'm sure you'll bounce back. Listen, even with your old man ways, you're the most clever person I know. Time in here is kind of giving me perspective. Open my eyes. Anyway, I should get going. I've got my plea hearing in an hour. I think things are going to work out. Panzani was a real piece of shit. Anyway, fingers crossed. Your brother, Stan. Dearest Stan, it was wonderful hearing from you. It's great our counselors are letting us write to one another. I hope you're not too sore at me, what with turning you in for murder and all. I know what you mean. The times allowed me to get straight and 
Focus on what really matters. Family. I've written a book. Confessions of a Burger Joint. It's kind of a tell-all slash recipe book. The sales are through the roof and ought to take care of the damages with plenty left over. So that's good. And hey, last week they fed us these burgers with aioli. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it correctly. But you were right. It's delicious, I think. I was thinking, how's about when you and I get out of here, we move up north to Oregon or Washington and give that artisanal approach of yours a shot? There's some exciting things going on up there. But we do it the right way, side by side. Always Irwin. Dear Irwin, I'll see you in five to ten, partner. Stay it. This has been a production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kalasich. And artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Ellenberg and Will Scovel. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at casualfridaypodcast.org or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com.